bringing you the latest in tax credit news. This is Tax Credit Tuesday with your host, Michael Novogratik. The legislative challenges have been significant. We very much need the legislation. we got to produce housing. We're still in a very volatile industry. It's a challenging atmosphere for almost anyone. We can't get all these mixed signals and messages. If he doesn't have a bipartisan bill, nothing's going to happen. Alternative energy is still very expensive. Hello, I'm Michael Novogratik, and this is Tax Credit Tuesday. Today's Tuesday, July 10th, 2012. I begin this week's podcast with the latest developments from Washington, D.C., where taxes and tax reform remain center stage. In this week's historic tax credit discussion, I have an update on a recent comment request from the National Park Service that relates to the fees that it charges for reviewing certification applications for historic tax credits. I also have exciting news from Pennsylvania, where the governor has signed a state historic tax credit into law. In the Long Housing Tax Credit section of this week's podcast, I'm going to discuss the status of the fiscal year 2013 budget for the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. I also have a related update regarding federal budget planning for fiscal year 2014. At the state level, I have news from Colorado, where housing-related resources are being made available to victims of the recent wildfires, and also an update from Louisiana, where a new state agency began operating this month. In this week's New Market Tax Credit discussion, I have breaking news on the coming release of the next New Market Tax Credit application. I also have news to share from Ohio, where a third round of state New Market Tax Credits has been announced. I'm also going to discuss a new commission formed in Louisiana that's been tasked with reviewing the state's tax expenditures. If you're ready, let's get started. In general news, Issues related to taxes and tax reform remained front and center last week. House Ways and Means Committee Chairman Dave Camp announced that the Ways and Means Committee will hold a hearing to explore the implications of the Supreme Court's ruling related to the Affordable Care Act. Specifically, Chairman Camp plans to discuss the Court's findings that the law's individual mandate is constitutional, particularly as it relates to Congress's authority to lay and collect new taxes. This hearing is taking place today Tuesday, July 10th, beginning at 10.30 a.m. In announcing the hearing, Chairman Camp said that he strongly disagrees with the court's decision and that the ruling sets a dangerous precedent with potentially enormous consequences. Meanwhile, the Bond Dealers of America is forming a task force to focus on the potential effect of tax reform on the municipal securities market. This, according to reports from Bond Buyer. These reports indicate that the task force's main function will be to provide immediate response on how legislative proposals will impact the muni market. Bond Dealers of America CEO Mike Nicholas told Bond Buyer, and I quote, The whole point is to get out ahead of tax reform. Tax reform is going to be all-encompassing, and it could change the muni market. Close quote. Now in the Senate today, the Senate scheduled to vote on Senate Bill 2237. This bill would provide a 10% income tax credit for employers that create new jobs or increase wages in 2012. To prepare for the vote, Senate Majority Leader Harry Reid filed cloture June 29th, cloture on a motion to proceed with the bill, and that's what set up the vote for today. Under the bill, 
which is called the Small Business Jobs and Tax Relief Act, the 10% tax credit would be capped at $500,000 per employer. Now, of particular note to our listeners, the measure would also extend 100% bonus depreciation on qualified capital expenditures through 2012. Now, these types of expenditures would be personal property and land improvements. Particularly useful and beneficial to developers of low-income housing tax credit transaction, but also new market tax credit transactions and renewable energy. Now, without passage of this provision, though, I want to note that businesses still are able to deduct 50% for the year. So this provision is basically going to take the 50% deduction up to 100%. This bill has been stalled since March, while the Senate has focused on other issues, including nominations. The House, as you will recall, has passed their own Small Business Jobs and Tax Relief Act, and it focuses more on income exclusions. Now, speaking of nominations, reports from Washington indicate that a pair of nominees for Treasury Department positions have cleared committee votes. However, they still await full Senate consideration. Members of the Senate Finance Committee voted 24 to 0 to approve Mark Mazur's nomination as Assistant Secretary for Tax Policy and Mark Rutherford's nomination as Assistant Secretary for Financial Markets. However, the nominations are essentially on hold because of objections from Senator Chuck Grassley. Now, Senator Grassley's objections are unrelated to the nominees themselves. He has pledged to delay the nominations until concerns about how the IRS has implemented its whistleblower program are addressed. And if you're interested in hearing any testimony from Mr. Mazur or Mr. Rutherford, you can go to the United States Senate Committee on Finance website and see a recorded version of their testimony. Also, we're awaiting news from the U.S. Senate as to whether or not the Senate Finance Committee will mark up a tax extenders bill next week. We'll send out a breaking news alert as well as I'll tweet once we know if a hearing is going to be scheduled. I also want to note, since I did discuss tax reform earlier, that yesterday President Obama endorsed the concept of working on tax reform in 2013. Now many of you may have seen my tweet on this yesterday already. And that tweet has a link to the president's speech. The president's speech was about extending the Bush-era tax cuts for 98% of Americans. But in that speech, he does mention the concept of working on tax reform in 2013. Now, that tweet is obviously fairly short. It's only 140 characters, but it has a good quote from the president on the matter. In historic tax credit news, Last week, the National Park Service published a corrected address and fax number for sending public comments on proposed increases to the agency's fees. Listeners may recall that the Park Service has proposed raising its fees for reviewing historic tax credit certification applications. The Park Service has also extended the comment submission deadline to August 6th. If you have any questions about how the fee changes will affect your historic tax credit development, I'd encourage you to contact my partner, Tom Bosha, in our Cleveland, Ohio office. And if you'd like to discuss the proposed fee changes and other current events in historic preservation, I invite you to join your tax credit colleagues at Novogratz National Historic Tax Credit Conference September 6th and 7th, being held in Louisville, Kentucky. That's September 6th and 7th in Louisville, Kentucky. You can find details about the event online at www.novaco.com. Click on Events. 
Now, turning to Pennsylvania, historic preservation advocates in the Keystone State had reason to celebrate last month when Pennsylvania Governor Tom Corbett signed the long-awaited Historic Preservation Incentive Act. Efforts to establish a state historic tax credit program in Pennsylvania have been ongoing since 1996. This new law, which took effect this month, creates a 25% tax credit for the rehabilitation of income-producing historic structures in the state. Now, the state tax credit must be used in conjunction with the federal historic tax credit. The act was outlined in Senate Bill 1150 and ultimately passed as part of the state's budget. Now, there is a program cap of $3 million for the first year, and individual projects may not receive more than $500,000 in tax credits. Credits are expected to be issued after July 1, 2013. In the meantime, the Pennsylvania Historical and Museum Commission and the Department of Economic and Community Development will develop the program guidelines. For more information about the new tax credit, you can view the text of Senate Bill 1150 at www.historictaxcredits.com. I'd also encourage you to contact my partner, Charlie Ruda, in our Boston, Massachusetts office for more details about the Pennsylvania credit. In low-income housing tax credit news, capping off the action-packed final days of June, the House passed its version of a Transportation, Housing, and Urban Development and Related Agencies Appropriations Bill, called THUD for short. House Bill 5972 was passed on June 29th by a vote of 261 to 163, nearly a 100-vote margin. The total THUD funding passed by the House is $51.6 billion. Now, this amount is $1.9 billion less than President Obama's budget request, and it represents a $3.9 billion reduction from fiscal year 2012. I'll give you more details about specific HUD provisions in a moment. Now, this contrasts with the Senate's fiscal year 2013 T-HUD appropriations bill, which would provide $53.4 billion in budget authority. Now, the full Senate, though, has not taken up the Senate bill, S-2322, and it's expected that it may roll into an omnibus bill with all of its other fiscal year 2013 spending bills. Now, if the House bill were presented to President Obama, his seniors' advisors have said that they would recommend that he veto it. The statement notes that H.R. 5972 is a significant departure from the Budget Control Act of 2011, which was designed to bring discretionary spending to a minimum level needed to preserve critical national priorities. The House bill does not fund the administration's budget request for HUD's choice neighborhoods or sustainable community programs, and then furthermore, the statement notes that the cuts it would make to Section 8 in public housing would result in approximately 30,000 families losing their assistance. Now, a table that compares program funding levels from the fiscal year 2013 budget bills to enacted budgets as it relates to HUD from previous years is available on the National Low-Income Housing Coalition's website. That's www.nlihc.org. Now, I will also tweet that link today, Tuesday, at 3 o'clock Eastern Time. But here are some updates in terms of specific impact on the HUD budget. Tenant-based rental assistance. Last year, fiscal year 2012, which I guess technically is still this year, the amount funded for tenant-based rental assistance was $18.9 billion. The president requested $19 billion. The Senate has a higher amount of 
and the House also has a higher amount than the President requested of 19.1. Turning to project-based rental assistance, fiscal year 2012 had $9.3 billion. The President's budget had a $700 million reduction or $8.7 billion. The Senate bill has $9.8 billion, and the House bill is $8.7 billion. So the House bill at $8.7 is matching the President's budget request. Turning to community development block grant funds, fiscal year 2012, $3.3 billion. President request $3.1. Both the Senate and the House bill are higher. The Senate at $3.2 billion and the House at $3.4 billion. And then lastly, let's look at the home program. Fiscal year 2012 was $1 billion, which I note was a reduction of $600 million from the year before. So fiscal year 2012 was already low at $1 billion. The President's budget wanted to continue that at $1 billion. The Senate matches that at $1 billion. The House actually is $200 million higher at $1.2 billion. Like I say, I'll tweet the link to the NLIHC schedule later today. And you can also find copies of H.R. 5972, the House bill, as well as S-2322, the Senate bill, as well as the President's budget request for fiscal 2013 at www.hudresearchcenter.com. Now, in other HUD-related fiscal news, the Office of Management and Budget has ordered HUD to reduce its fiscal year 2014 budget by 5%. Now, the OMB is not targeting HUD. This order applies to all federal agencies and it's a result of the 2011 Budget Control Act. Under that law, all federal agencies are required to reduce their spending in order to cut the budget deficit by more than $4 trillion during the next 10 years. Each agency has been asked to cut lower priority spending to create more room in the budget. In its memorandum to heads of departments and agencies, the Office of Management and Budget requested that agencies submit budgets that are 5% below the net discretionary total provided to the agency in fiscal year 2013. The budgets should also contain a ranked list of addbacks consistent with each agency's goals that would equal its fiscal year 2013 discretionary budget. Now, in response to the budget memo, affordable housing stakeholders, including the National Council of State Housing Agencies, have joined with thousands of organizations to voice concerns about the cuts. The organizations are sending a letter to Congress that asks the body to take a more balanced approach to deficit reduction and does not cut any additional funding from non-defense discretionary programs like HUD. The letter says that the programs have already cut their spending and that further cuts are unfair and they'd reduce funding for the non-defense discretionary programs to 2.5% of the gross domestic product and this would make it the lowest percentage in the last 50 years. Now, it's clear from the number of budget bills floating through Congress right now that this discussion is far from over. Now, turning to Colorado, I'm happy to report that at the time of this recording, the fires in Fort Collins and Colorado Springs were mostly under control. At the height of the fires, sources reported that more than 30,000 people were displaced. Now, that number has significantly fallen as people have been allowed back into their homes since then. As of July 3rd, the Red Cross estimated that the wildfires had damaged or destroyed at least 604 homes across the state. Now, in an effort to help those affected by the wildfires, the, Cal- the Colorado Housing and Finance Agency, or CHAFA, has posted disaster assistance resources on its website. 
Also, President Obama declared Larimer and El Paso counties as disaster areas, making them eligible for federal assistance. And HUD announced on June 29th that it would be assisting long-term renters forced from their homes by the wildfires. Details about that announcement can be found in HUD Notice 12-108. Displaced residents can also find new or temporary housing via the Colorado Housing Search website on Chaffa's Disaster Resources page. Now let's close with news from Louisiana. Louisiana Housing Corporation officially began operations on July 1st, and it is the state's sole housing agency. Listeners may recall legislation from last year created this new agency by consolidating the Louisiana Housing Finance Agency and housing programs administered by other state agencies. Louisiana Housing Corporation is designed to provide a one-stop shop for state and federal housing programs. The agency administers dozens of programs, including the long housing tax credit, mortgage loans, home energy assistance programs, hurricane recovery, and homelessness prevention. In new market tax credit news, the next cycle for new market tax credit applications could open as early as the end of this week. Furthermore, we expect a traditional roughly 60-day window to be maintained such that the actual due date for the applications would be after Labor Day. But, as always, stay tuned. I'll send a breaking news tweet as well as we'll send a breaking news email from Nova Grad and Company once the application is out. So make sure that you're registered for our free breaking news email service. Novigrad and Company will also be hosting an application webinar within a couple of weeks of the release of the new market tax rate application. So continue to monitor online. Now let's turn to the state of Ohio. Last week, we told you about Ohio's historic tax credit awards. This week, we're pleased to announce that the state is making $10 million in state new market tax credits available to six Ohio community development entities. On July 2nd, the Ohio Department of Development announced the recipients of the program's third round of awards. The program provides state tax credits to community development corporations that have received allocations of federal new market tax credits. Recipients receive a 39% tax credit over seven years for their investments. This round's recipients, and we extend our congratulations to, Cincinnati New Markets Fund, Cleveland New Markets Investment Fund, Northeast Ohio Development Fund, Development Fund of the Western Reserve, Finance Fund, and Stonehenge Community Development. The $10 million in Ohio State New Market Tax Credits that were awarded in this round three are expected to spur a total of at least $25.6 million of economic investments in the state. Now in other state level news, and returning to the great state of Louisiana, Louisiana's state new market tax credit program could come under review this fall. The state legislature has created a commission to study the state's tax expenditures. Senator Jack Donahoe introduced a a resolution, SCR 103, in early May that would create a commission to study the impact of tax exemptions and tax expenditures on the state budget. The bill was enrolled on June 4th the last day of Louisiana's legislative session. Now this commission will have four tasks. Determine the most effective economic model or models to determine the economic impact of tax expenditures. Two, 
use this economic model or models to establish criteria for the identification of low-performing or antiquated tax expenditures. Three, identify the low-performing or antiquated tax expenditures and four, recommend the temporary or permanent reduction or elimination of the identified low-performing or antiquated tax expenditures. Under the bill, identification of low-performing or antiquated expenditures is supposed to be based on the cost of the tax expenditure as compared to the revenue gained by the state, the revenue gained by local governments, and the overall economic impact of the tax expenditure in terms of the number of jobs created by recipients and by the direct economic activity created. The commission is going to consist of at least six members. These members include Senate President, House Speaker, the Chairs of the Senate Finance and Revenue and Fiscal Affairs Committees, the Chairs of the House Appropriations and Ways and Means Committees. Now, additional men members may be appointed by the President and by the Speaker. The Commission must convene by September 1, 2012, and it must present its findings to the Senate President and House Speaker no later than February 1, 2013. Now, at the time of this recording, this Commission was just being formed, so it's uncertain right now how it's going to affect the various state tax credits. In addition to the New Markets Tax Credit Program, the state also offers a historic tax credit program and several renewable energy-related tax credit programs. So we'll keep you updated on the Commission's work in future podcasts, as well as in the Journal of Tax Credits. And speaking of the Journal of Tax Credits, if you haven't done so yet, I encourage you to check out the recently launched Journal of Tax Credit iPad application. It's available on the App Store. Well, that brings me to the end of this week's report. Please join me again next week for another Tax Credit Tuesday. In the interim, be sure you're signed up for our breaking news emails and follow me on Twitter. This is Michael Novogratik, and I'll be back next week. Thanks for listening. This weekly podcast has been brought to you by Novogratik & Company, LLP. Archived discussions are available online at www.novoco.com podcast or by subscribing to the Novogratik Report on tax credits in iTunes. Novogratik & Company, LLP, is a national certified public accounting and consulting firm with 13 offices nationwide. Learn more about our professional services at www.novaco.com.